0: what is
1: going on, everybody? Welcome into the Fantasy Coaches Podcast. This is your host, Coach Steve, as always. Today's episode, we got QB previews for the 2021 season. We're going to be talking about some Cam Makers news as well while we're here today. And let me introduce our, am well, not introduce, but let's bring our co host, Coach Jibs. What's going on, Jibs? It's
2: going good. It's you know, chilling. Um, sad to hear about this Cam Makers news. It kind of breaks my heart. I was highly thinking about him this year in my uh, redraft leagues so now i gotta fall back on a little strategy and just kind of do it all over again
1: yeah yeah well it is what it is it's like i said I, I i was telling people like the first injury of the football season is basically when the fantasy football starts because that's when all the ripple effects scott's going through and then soon enough more injuries will happen and hopefully it's not to the guys that we all love so uh today's episode we have a fantastic guest and today probably one of our first i think guests that we actually had on our show back in the the good old days like over two and a half years ago <laughs> now. uh and dan Mater uh from the md fantasy football show i said his name right this time i love you it you did You did good
3: you guys got <laughs> yes, it I went took two years once wow. in <laughs> two years but you got it it's all good hey i'm happy to be on i'm glad you guys asked me to be back i always love being on your guys show
1: Absolutely, man. It was like I said, we had to get you back on. I was on your show a couple weeks ago. That was a lot of fun. And now it's time to return the favor. And I said, we got quarterback previews today. So uh, before we get started, Dan, just let everyone know kind of, you know, where they can find you on social media real quick.
3: Yeah, 100% uh, social media, any social media account. It's at belly show. I try to keep it the same for everything so you can find us real easily. We're pretty much I don't know, everywhere now at this point, but we have the player news notifications coming out all the time. So just, you know, click that little alert button. We'll keep you up to date. Everything's going on with the animal training camp starting next Tuesday for pretty much everybody.
1: Yeah, no, I, uh, so I can't hard. wait. The training camp's going to be great. It's going to be a good old time. So uh, quickly through the news real quick here, the, the easy stuff. First, we'll get out of the way with uh, Ramondre Stevenson from the uh, New England Patriots is on the NFI list, basically an injury that occurred outside of the football world. Uh, so didn't hear much about that, but we'll see what happens with that. Saquon Barkley, Amari Cooper both end up on the pump list. Again, they, do, they can come off. It's not like they're stuck on there the first six weeks of this season or anything they could easily come off and buy next week but just wanted to mention it and of course uh you know sean watson to possibly to the eagles 90 percent confirmed jibs you know who knows um but we'll talk about watson in a little bit but the biggest news obviously that broke a couple days ago clearly to a lot of people was Akers suffering that torn achilles injury out for the season here now and this leaves a whole many questions. So let's start with the first one. Obviously, his replacement, Darrell Henderson here. Uh, Dan, what is his outlook coming to this season now as the full-time starter?
3: Yeah, uh, it's RB2. It's a mid-level RB2 with, honestly, some upside. I mean, one thing that people have to take consideration of, and I talked a little bit about this uh, on my show, actually, because we're doing team profiles. We just We just talked about the Rams, is that he was actually a more efficient runner and pass catcher. Than Cam makers was last year on a per touch basis. The thing's going to be like, can he hold up to the workload that this current depth chart would say that he would get, Uh, that's going to be the only question you really get. But as long as he's on the field, RB two is pretty much a safe floor when it comes to Darrell Henderson. And because his offense, I think will be a lot better than it was last season because of Matthew Stafford, there is some upside that comes with a Henderson on top of that, especially if they don't wind up adding anybody. I think they might, but I have a lot of confidence in Darrell Henderson's ability in this offense
1: as well. So I, as do I as well, because I have him every which way uh, Jims, what about
3: you?
2: Oh, uh, obviously his stock definitely improves. Like he's going to be pushed up way up in the draft boards. He's probably like around six candidate around five candidate, around six candidate most likely. So like, I like the appeal for him. Obviously the dance point, like the guy just has to stay healthy and be on the field. Be on the field and have availability but other than that you know the rams like offense is definitely friendly the running backs they definitely like the running backs to produce when they're in the red zone so i think it could be a good great season for them there's not really much like competition behind behind them besides uh basically a, a rookie and then like a undrafted a, a mediocre quality talent so they don't want to go out and get anybody so it kind of looks like it's his show and it's time for him to shine yeah, you guys make both great points
1: there. And I I was a big fan of Henderson even going into the season already here. Again, he was somebody who when Cam Akers was out, someone who performed to a almost RB one standard for a good portion of the beginning of the season here. And now he's at the workload. The people behind him currently aren't a major threat. So he should see at least like we were talking before the podcast started, about sixty percent at least of the of the carries or possibly more. So, I mean, if you have him right now, fantastic. If you're drafting him, I drafted him in the best ball yesterday at round six. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he goes to round three by the time the season, by the time end of August gets here. Might be too rich for my blood at that point. But, I mean, he's a great value right now if you're drafting now uh, right for the season because he has that ceiling to put up that high-end RB2 numbers in an offense that we assume is going to be great with Matthew Stafford now.
3: Uh, well, let that, me ask you guys this real quick, because, I mean, really, the, the range that he's probably going to prop up to is that mid-level RB2 range, I believe, by the end of August. So that probably puts him in that second round territory, actually. He's going to be going around guys like, like J.K. Dobbins, Clyde Edwards, Hilaire, Chris Carson, Najee Harris, guys of that nature, Josh Jacobs. I mean, who are you? Is there anybody of that list that I just named that you're going to take him over? Are you taking all those guys over him?
1: I would probably only take... I'd, I'd take all of them besides Josh Jacobs, honestly. Yeah, that's so I like everyone one. still. Josh Jacobs is the only one that concerns me slightly uh, because of his role and how that offense is going to work next year. But everyone else, I feel like they have their role and they're going to be the team's number one and see the most opportunity on that offense there.
3: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I would agree with that because they all have RB1 potential. And Daryl Henderson only does if he plays all 17 games, so I, I don't disagree with that. But that still puts him... Squarely in that back in the second round as a safe value, I mean,
2: I think I mean, I'm one receiver honestly. If I have to choose between like Jacobs that's and very Anderson, funny. because like I don't think I can trust those guys, and I'd rather go with a safe play. To be honest with you, again, like he has that
1: potential. I liked about him. That's why I grabbed him in a lot of places in, in my dynasty leagues. But again there's still that concern that there is an injury. You know, he was hurt the first two years of his career. It's not like it's not out there. It's not impossible for him to happen this year. So it's possible that he gets injured and he doesn't perform to that level that you really want. If you grab him that early in drafts, I'd rather wait a little bit. And if he falls, he falls. If not, then at that point I'm okay, not getting him. But if he stays in that five range, four five range, I think it's a good value there to have as your RB two this season. It's going to be messed up in one week or two weeks. <laughs> probably and that's what we're going to talk about next actually um and, and this is probably more terms of dynasty right now because you're not really looking at these guys in redraft but is there anyone out there that people might have not picked up already uh, that you guys might be interested in wanting to go grab right now dan In dynasty yeah in dynasty yeah in terms of the backup right now for the rams Uh, jones jake funk yeah
3: no because here's here's the thing xavier jones and jake funk were both brought in to actually be special teams guys they were not brought in with the purpose the idea that they were going to have to be on the field and play backup it's why i don't buy into this idea that we're going to go through all of training camp without the rams adding a veteran running back of some sort maybe they go through the first week just to evaluate and see what they have in those two guys but i don't buy for one second that come the second week of training camp somebody's not getting brought in at that point because again these guys were brought to play special teams they were not actually brought in to be contributors in the backfield
1: right right i mean jibs i'll let you go before i go but is there anyone there besides the people who might be there jibs do you see maybe you know guys like Le'Veon bell you know ap duke johnson one of those guys coming in onto the team there would that interest you to pick them out kind of now to see what happens
2: it would interest me, but, like, in Dynasty, I feel like Le'Veon Bell, for instance, will be, like, kind of just on, like, bench fodder for a team. And the guy is just going to want, like, some some decent capital for him just because he's been holding him for so long. But um, if a veteran were to sign there, I still think it will be Daryl Henderson's, like, job to go. But, like, they're just going to provide, like, kind of, like, some spell, spell duties for him. And obviously it won't be a headache, but basically it'd be like maybe a smaller Malcolm Brown role to like last year, if you want to say it that way, but that kind of also puts the value on Daryl Henderson because he basically has the show to himself. There's no can makers. Malcolm Brown's gone. He's playing for your team. I think so. He is. I
1: don't know. We signed him very early in the offseason. And then that's one also added great thing is that, you know, people were saying, Oh, Henderson's not going to catch the ball a lot. Well, Malcolm Brown's also gone now, too, in terms of candidate vigor. So there's going to be a lot of opportunity for Henderson to really do well. I honestly can't see anybody really, unless you want to pick these guys, from your bench. I mean, there's really no, again, um, none of them really stood out. Jake Fong, I, I did a lot of uh, work on him. I didn't like him at all, really. I think he was just too injury prone um someone mentioned xavier jones like dan just said now um and and i did some research into him i mean he was a guy who also dealt with some injuries in his college career i mean isn't somebody that i wouldn't really want to go after per se unless you are getting him for free i saw people put in uh, my boy brandon if he's still watching put in 50 dollar bid on him the other day uh <laughs> i think that was a bit excessive i understand that r- running backs are a dime a dozen in this world and maybe the james robinson is out there but again that seems a bit excessive and um just go like if you're going to go on these guys a bit very minimal and see if maybe one of them comes out
3: steve i think that's a good point actually if you go chasing james robinson type everywhere you go you're going to put yourself in a really bad situation because that is one in a thousand maybe even one in a million what happened with james robinson i know a lot of people are out there looking for the next one there is no next one it doesn't happen that often so you keep putting yourself in the positions like that you're you're not going to come out very well
1: no no not at all and again you know I get to stand the, the hype about it, but bid less. Don't bid so much on these guys. Don't do that to yourself. And and that's all you really could do again. We'll see what happens. I mean, someone's going to sign at some point, someone's going to have a role, but we just, again, it's too early to tell who's going to see that right now. So, uh, and lastly, but not least real quick here, Cam makers future now guys torn Achilles. People are saying all the torn Achilles are running backs. Hasn't had a great history in terms of them coming back to being successful fantasy running backs. But again, there's also the argument that Cam Akers is a 22-star player for some reason already after half a season, really. Um, how are you looking at him in the, going in the future right now in terms of Dynasty, Dan?
3: It's, a lot is going to come down to Daryl Henderson, and what he's able to do this year. People seem to keep forgetting that both Henderson and Cam Akers are second-round running backs that were drafted. Cam Akers doesn't have the significant more draft capital than a Daryl Henderson does. So let's say Henderson plays 17 games. Let's say he's able to handle the workload. He's able to get the receptions, the carries, he's able to perform really well. Why then would you just automatically turn the reins over back to a Cam Akers next season? I don't know that you do. I love Cam Akers' talent. Don't get me twisted. And because he is a younger guy, I do think he comes back from the Achilles injury eventually. But the Achilles injury, that, that's the one injury that's still in today's league that sometimes it takes you two years before you actually get back to being who you were. Now, I know we saw Emmanuel Sanders come back miraculously in eight months. It'll be you be know, pretty much what he was, which I don't expect that to happen necessarily. And I don't know that it will take Cam Akers necessarily two years, but it's the one injury that can put, set you up for that. So I think a lot of this has to do with how does Henderson perform? If he gets injured or if he underperforms, then I think we definitely see Cam Akers come in and be the workhorse, come back in 2022. But I think a lot has to do with this season.
1: Right, 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 definitely. Jibs, what about you? Do you like Cam Akers' future or are you trying to get out of him now?
2: Uh, I don't own him anywhere, and I actually was thinking about, like, trying to throw a couple offers, just dangle a couple pieces out to get him. I'm not really too concerned. Like, you see, like, how, like, modern science is just kind of working nowadays and like a lot of these guys even like acl injuries are coming back before a year's time you see like like i feel like the only like really bad energy besides the achilles is probably like uh tommy john surgery in the mlb and that takes years of time but even so like these doctors are just like pretty good on their standpoint so for me like i think cam Akers, i don't know what he was going for in dynasty leagues i never even tried to bark up that tree i feel like they were asking too much if i would was willing to offer but I feel like now maybe you could kind of like throw in like a maybe like your RB2 or something and maybe you pick just a package just to give that guy a piece for him to use on his like rosters this year
3: I thought somebody said they actually gave up a second round pick and got him if you could do that go for it like that's, yeah it's insane yes.
1: I, I agree honestly In that note I would absolutely give up a second round pick to get Cam Akers again I, I wasn't a big fan of Cam Akers overall I mean he came in out of college with injury concerns, red flags. He last year he was injured. He got injured this year. I mean, it just it just shows like you know we talked about the carry on Johnson train over and over again. He's gonna, he's gonna do he's gonna do it. Well, he never did it obviously. And I feel like Cam Akers is unfortunately going down that path. I hope he does get healthy. I hope he does bounce back. That'd be great for his career. Obviously, it'd be a remarkable kind of thing that happens to him. But for me, I'm I'm selling out. I'm I'm getting a 2023 2023rd uh, first round pick if I can right now. You know, someone's going to think, oh, that's a bargain right now for Cam makers, because maybe he was going for two first round picks. I'm OK with that. You know what? I'm OK taking my losses. I don't have them anywhere, thankfully. But in Dynasty, if you if you're in, if you have Cam makers right now and you need to get out of it and you want to get out of it, I think a 2022 a third first round pick makes the most sense right now. Just get out of it and not deal with that headache because his value is that's his value right now. And I think at this point, it's it's not going anywhere different. That's how I feel about Cam makers right now.
3: I mean, I think he's more explosive than the carry on Johnson was to your point. though, I mean, he had an ACL in college. Like this is not a guy, you know, he's coming off of a lot of injury prone issues, but here, here's I'll throw this one out there. I know different players are going to respond differently to injuries, but if Marlon Mack is able to come back and look like himself this season, I and mean, he's not going to overtake Jonathan Taylor or anything like that. I understand that. But if he's able to come back and look like he's healthy this year. I would take that as a check in the plus column for Cam Akers because that's that's the latest running back we've seen with the Achilles injury. If he's able to come back from it pretty strongly, then I would feel a little bit more confident about Cam Akers coming back from his strong too. Well,
1: Dan, what would you need Marlon Mack to do? Just stay on the field for 6-17 games? Or no, not even just nip-
3: matter staying on the field. Just, just look explosive. Look like you can make a cut without having to think about it twice and get north and south and look explosive because they have – similar running styles, those two guys, uh, with the way when they make their one cuts and get north and south. So if I can see Marlon Mack kind of look like he can still get the explosion through the line of scrimmage, I'll have a little more confidence that cam Akers and where medical is now that he'll be able to come back next year and do the same thing. I know different guys respond to things differently, but they're kind of similar in that sense in their style.
2: Okay. I like that comparison, too. And hopefully it was his left like Achilles or something. So, like, he still has that like burst with his right foot.
3: Yeah, did they specify? Because I didn't actually hear. I did not hear. I, hear but
2: yeah.
1: I will try to find out maybe real quick. Yeah,
3: because that would be the one. that Because I was, I was wondering, like, is it the same leg you had the ACL injury, too, or is the other one? I don't know how much it affects one or the other, but I would feel a little bit better if it was different legs.
1: You know what? A lot of websites don't really say, honestly. And that could be a big thing. And maybe we'll find out as you know the season goes on if what exactly happened or not what happened, but what leg it was. It doesn't say I went checked three sites already, nothing.
3: Can we talk about what happened? How do you hurt yourself in the weight room? Of all places, like if you're gonna be on OTAs and out in the field and blow your Achilles, fine, I get it, you're running around. He was lifting weights. What what were you doing lifting weights that blew your Achilles out? He got weak legs. (laughs) (laughs) Doing
1: some squats the wrong way, maybe who knows? But, again, hope we hope, wish him all the well, though. Hopefully he does get better. But uh, we have a lot to talk about today still, and we're, we're we're going through this motion already with the Cam Akers stuff. So um, over to our actual topic of the day, guys, and it's quarterbacks. You know, we talked about tight ends last week, and that was a ton of fun. But now, now we're talking about the quarterback situation here, this season here, and there's a ton of quarterbacks. And quarterbacks are not a dime a dozen. There's a lot of great quarterbacks out there this year. And we're going to start right here at the top right now with the Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes. And, again, maybe he's not in his own tier this year. Maybe he's a part of another tier that I put him in his own tier just for today uh, because, well, I run the show, so I get to do what I want. So um, Pat Mahomes is sitting at number one overall in terms of ADP currently right now. Jibs, I'm going to let you go first on this one. Is he your QB1 right now? Is he a locked guy that you want to grab?
2: Oh for sure he's gonna be my QB1 till the day's end and he's throwing I mean when he's playing till he's 40 like Tom Brady but the guy's just absolutely phenomenal he's pretty much good for 4,500 yards and 30 touchdowns like soon as you draft him but minus injury even in his uh, injury injured year like two years ago like he still kind of reached 4,000 yards touchdowns are kind of off but like still like you know what you're getting out of this guy the only thing i only problem i have with him is probably like that uh 13th pick tag he has in fantasy pros i don't know if i could like pay bark up that second round capital to get this guy there's no way in hell like i had him as, his rookie year when you're getting him at like a pick 100 plus but no it was no sir not 13. And I think that's the biggest
1: thing. I think a lot of people want to know, really, when it comes to Patrick Mahomes is how early is too early. Dan, how early would you take a guy like Pat Mahomes right now?
3: I would never take any quarterback, including the QB one before the fourth round. And even that's kind of pushing it for me because there's just no reason to take a quarterback early. The only time since Mike Vick that I even contemplated it was Lamar Jackson last year. And that's only because you're talking about a guy who like, okay, you're going to give me a thousand yards rushing. I'll think about it. But Mahomes, he went off. Well, I think it was 2018 when he had his big 50 touchdown year, right? So people drafted him second, third round 2019 disappointed. Lamar Jackson last year, people drafted him second, third round, disappointed. There's so much value at quarterback. There's so many quarter. Once you get past the QB nine, everyone's about 50% as far as finishing in the top 12 and not finishing in the top 12. You That means you could not draft a quarterback, pick up one off the waiver wire, and 50% of the time, he's still going to finish as a QB one. There's just no reason to draft him any earlier in the fourth round. I'm with you, Jibs. You pointed out 13 overall. That's insanity. No quarterbacks should be going in the second round.
1: No, no. I mean, no matter how great he is on the field and what he does on a week-to-week basis, there, there's just no way you could take that value away from the rest of the positions because, like Dan said, the position is so deep. And again, for me, I, I would consider him in the end of the third round if, I, if that's the way I wanted to go with my draft. But again, I also like take quarterbacks late as well. So it really ups your you know preference. But again, I'd advise not, just like everyone else has already said, Don't take a quarterback that early because it just doesn't make sense no matter how great he is. He's going to have his down games anyway, and all quarterbacks have down games. I mean, you see him play Denver twice a year. He's not going to do over 15 fantasy points in one of those two games. Uh, It's just a trend. I I looked at his stats. He just doesn't play well against Denver. Um, And and that's what you need to know, that he's going to have some bad games. So why take that risk? So, Not risk, but take that capital so early when a guy in round nine can do almost similar things to him and be just as consistent maybe not to the level of 35 a game or something like that, but it just doesn't really make sense to take that level there, even with the improvement of the offensive line. Um, but again, he's still the QB one overall guys. If you're looking to take a quarterback early, that would be the guy to take because he's a safe pick. He's almost, he's safe.
3: Yeah. I have 30 points higher than my QB two, which is, which actually is Lamar Jackson this year for me.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, and again, in terms of super flex though, if you guys do play superflex, he's, he's obviously like, close to number one or two so just wanted to throw that out there i know some people play Superflex in the redrafts nowadays so he is like the top pick so uh going over to our next tier of quarterbacks here now the true dual threat types here And, and this list kind of consists of here um josh allen kyle murray lamar jackson and dak prescott in that order of in terms of how his adp is currently right now is there someone in this group that you guys really don't like this early here Um, and someone you really want to have in this early tier, uh, Dan.
3: I mean, no, they're all the same to me, frankly. They all have the same type of upside. They all have the same downside, I guess you could argue. Uh, I literally have them in the same tier as one another. So basically, here's what I would say. Draft the guy last. If you're targeting one of these guys, whoever you know, is the last one left, that's the one who I'm drafting just to get the better value out of. But essentially, I have them pretty much all statted out for almost a very, very similar season
1: yeah i mean they all they're all similar to some extent they all have that rushing ability and that's that's kind of why i put them in here and they also all can pass to some extent i think lamar jackson is more rushing than passing but uh that's a different story jibs what about you is there anyone here that that makes you nervous to have them in that top four or top
2: five the only person i'm nervous about would be kyler murray and that's just from the standpoint like if he could get if he gets hurt just like last year i don't know like maybe this was a freak shoulder injury but still like once he got hurt and the shoulder was hampered up like he was just a different player and um obviously like i, I still love to have kyle murray on the team don't get me wrong i love to have all these quarterbacks including dak like that's probably the one person i'm pretty st- bullish on like we saw like he provides not as like the great rush he probably provides a lower rushing floor than the uh josh Allen, Kyle murray and lamar jackson but the guy has shown like a a nice little, like, uh, red zone efficiency. He's scored at least six touchdowns last couple years or so. And, obviously, I think he has the best offense out of this whole group combined. He has Zeke. He has Amari Cooper when he gets back, C.D. Lamb, Gallup. So, we saw last year he was throwing 400 yards per game. And I just think they improved their defense. Maybe he won't get as much garbage time. But, still, I think that offense would be way more efficient. So, I think I'm going to go Dak out of the group. All right, I like that there, Jibs. Let me go back to Kyle Murray real quick because I feel like if he finished
1: QB1 overall last year in terms of fantasy pros, um, and if you look at the history trend of quarterbacks finishing number one overall, the best finish over the last decade now has been Pat Mahomes finishing QB8 the following season, the next season after he had that gigantic season, and he was hurt. He did get a little hurt in those couple games there. But uh, does a historic historic trend kind of like that, does that scare you off of a guy like Kyle Murray not getting those rushing touchdowns because of not to put him in that situation to get injured too often.
2: I don't think so. I still think they're going to, um I think they'll get smarter with those usage. You kind of see like the, like the personnel they brought in and um, they got, what's the rookie Rondell Moore, Rondell Rondell Moore. Moore. obviously they have James Conner. And they have AJ Green. I think they'll be more efficient in the red zone. I just don't think they'll use Kyler as much as in the red zone. I think that's why they brought James Conner in. So I think they're kind of just saving their um their asses and try to get a playoff berth late around, later in the year. What about you, Dan? How do you feel about kyle Murray?
3: I mean, like I have him right there with those guys. Um, the only thing that really concerns me is how much emphasis are they going to put on this whole idea of Kyler's legs need to be a luxury and not part of the offense, you know, sentiment narrative that's been coming out of Arizona over the summer so far and the OTAs. I don't buy into it because ultimately what happens is this. You'll go through September with your, ideological ideas on what you can be or what you want to be. And then you come to reality of Kyler Murray has to be able to run to be the football player that he is because we saw last year when he was a little bit banged up and he wasn't running as much. Guess what? As a pocket passer, I still have a lot of questions about you as a consistent pocket passer, especially in the red zone. So I don't think it really matters by the end of the year. We might see a slower start frankly, because they might be trying to test it out, but kind of like we saw Lamar Jackson were towards the last half of the year. They figured out, Hey, you know what? You have to go run around to be who we are to be who you are. The same is going to happen with Kyler Murray. Your nature is your nature. So I'm not really too concerned about it. Ultimately.
1: Okay. Okay. I, I love to the take there. Um, again, yeah, he's a top five quarterback guys. It, it really makes that much sense there. I mean, I'm a little lower on him. I think I have him at QB four, four or five right now, honestly. Um, and it's just the fact do you that Kyler Murray, <laughs> you know what? I, I'm concerned about the way this offense runs with him consistently enough. Um, I know they added weapons, they added weapons, weapons, weapons here, but I, I think, and it comes down to it, the injury concern to me that that scares me off of Kyle Murray, because I feel like if they continue to put him in those situations to consistently get banged up, he's a smaller guy. He's not Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson's a bigger guy, at least. I mean, he's skinny, but he's a bigger guy, at least kyle murray's what 510 510 or something like that he's not a big guy so if he gets five hit the 10 wrong with stilts. Way, five yeah. 10 with stilts if he gets hit the wrong way and he goes down again you saw what happened last year i you know they brought all these weapons here so the offense is going to hopefully maybe take a step up here but to me it's just i'm i like i like his potential and i feel like and if i wanted up having him for one game kyle murray's a fantastic player but over 17 game season i'm slightly concerned about it and if they want to really, the rushing, t- I think he had like five or six rushing touchdowns last year. I mean, could he get that this year? Absolutely. But again, they brought in, you know, James Conner, hoping that Chase Edmonds is the next big guy. I mean, hopefully uh, they seem like they might want to try to run the ball a little bit more this year with them instead of put Kyle Murray in that situation to get injured. Because you saw what last year happened. The offense just changed.
3: Well, just, just to be clear, he had 11 rushing touchdowns. Last oh, he had 11. Okay. So that, okay that, was a, that was a big part of his his value, actually.
1: So that, that adds to my point. Thank you for that, Dan. I, I didn't realize it was 11. I, you know, I thought it was like I thought it was double digits, but I was like, no, nah, I don't think it is. You know, it's, it's very rare to see a quarterback see double-digit rushing touchdowns. Uh, there's not many quarterbacks that can do it consistently. I mean, you saw Cam Newton do it three times in his career. We might get to him later. Uh, it's, it was over, you know, his 10-year career now at this point. Lamar Jackson didn't do it. Um, there's not many quarterbacks you could say get double-digit touchdowns in a season so that that has to regress to be honestly that's one of my biggest thing as well thank you for that stat dan i appreciate it my friend always here (laughs)
3: for you buddy
2: he needs to learn how to i know he knows how to slide he's a goddamn baseball player like stop getting those (laughs) two extra yards and getting smacked by like some seahawks or san francisco linebacker like keep it easy learn like jackson hit the sidelines
3: no, but that's actually a good point because the thing about Lamar Jackson is even though he's bigger, he knows how to avoid the hit. Kyler Murray, being a baseball player, and you know you look—he gets compared to Russell Wilson all the time, who does know how to avoid a hit, get the hit. But Rus- Kyler Murray, he gets smacked constantly. Like, just go out of bounds, slide. You're five nine, dive the guy's knees. You're already there.
1: Right, 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 right. Um, it's, it's simple, simple baseball terms. Come on, guys. Like, come on, Kyler, get it together, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's head over the rest of the QB ones at this point here. And, and this list right now combines of, you know, Justin Herbert, Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Jalen Hurts, Ryan Tannehill, and Matthew Stafford here. Um, so let, let me start with Jalen Hurts right now because that seems to be a big one here, Dan. And, you know, clearly he saw some rushing floor that could put him on par with the guys we just talked about here in terms of his rushing ability. But his passing ability obviously was, you know, On and off way too often here. Um, Does he deserve to be in this QB1 conversation right now?
3: Yeah. I mean, he rushes enough where he does. I actually have him ranked as QB seven, his ADP right now, I believe is QB 10. So actually I have him a little bit ahead of that. And that's because there's, there's three quarterbacks that are going to be the three top rushing quarterbacks when it comes to yards next year. I think it's gonna be Lamar. It's gonna be Kyler. I think the third one's going to be Jalen hurts. Uh, That offense is going to be in a lot of situations where they have to come back from behind. It's gonna be a lot of prevent defenses, which means he's going to have a lot of opportunity to run around and scramble. I actually have him for almost 800 rushing yards heading into this season. So that Ooh. alone will put him in the QB ones category. To your point, passing wise, the volume has to be there because this is a guy who only completes 50% of his passes and he's one, he, you have to pay attention to him because last year he had a couple games where he actually threw over 300 yards, but it's because he threw the ball 50 times in those <laughs> games. That was the big difference there. And Devonta Smith, while yes, that's an improvement for their wide receiver position. This is still not a good pass catching core altogether. Uh, so it's going to take passing volume, but I think the rushing will be there. And that's why he's my QB seven.
1: Okay. I'm a little high for my taste, but I, I get it. Cause he has that ceiling. That's, that's the big thing. He has that ceiling to be in that spot there. Um, Jims, you are the Eagles fan. Um, I think I've asked you more than enough times there, but Jalen hurts, man. Uh yeah,
2: you already heard my take on this, but like I don't think he's seven to be honest. But like I don't think that Can 800 yards. No no no. Like but with 800 yards rushing, I think that's definitely like, achievable. If you think 17 games, 50, that's 850 yards. So I think he could easily get 850 yards, coming from an Eagles fan. So like I, I could peg him around like maybe like 55 60 yards a game so you got that already um I know we did improve a little bit offensively like we're not as inept I know we're gonna have at least a more healthier offensive line so like I said I think he'll have time to actually navigate learn the reads progress as a quarterback I don't think he's gonna be just jumping out of the gate killing people and earning crazy fantasy points but if you give this guy time with the season and learning a new offensive system i think he could kind of flourish but for me i think he's more like qb 10 11 yeah um
1: i'm honestly on the scene but honestly i had him outside of my qb1 range for a while there and then when i really did my in-depth research on him yeah i know boomy um you know i started to realize that i was definitely wrong and you know i can admit when i'm wrong sometimes you know like dan said the rushing floor is am- could be amazing I mean, it could really be the he could be the QB one in terms of rushing. It really could be with him. And the thing I noticed, you know, you know, they talked about his mechanics. He talked about his accuracy issues, but he had those issues in college, and he he slowly worked out getting those better. If you look at his percentage over his career, I mean, he he was a better quarterback as his career went on. Here, yeah, the weapons were great. The weapons are better now. They are definitely better than they were last year. I mean, you're you're talking about guys who, I mean, Dallas Scott is Zach Ertz. Yeah, they were back on the field with him, but they were, I'm sure, banged up last year. They were on and off the field all season. I mean, you had Travis Fulgham as their wide receiver one half the time. Jalen Rigger was coming off of injury, you know, dealing with his thing there. He should be back in health. And then you add Devontae Smith. You add the rushing game, which I think will be improved. And the offensive line that's the big thing. The offensive line is now back. People forget about the offensive line was atrocious. I mean, they should have put me out there for God's sake. I probably would have just done just as good as a job as any of those linemen would have done. So I think Jalen Hurts, I think if those people who are high on him, I, I, it's not crazy to think now. I think, hey, Kyle, what's going on, buddy? Um, it, it's a real possibility that Kyle, uh, Jalen Hurts has that opportunity to be a QB one if he gets to play all 16 game 17 games this season here. Um, it shouldn't be it shouldn't scare you off because I think he has it upside this year. All right. So let's see who else we have in this quarterback tier here. Um, let's talk about Aaron Rodgers real quick right now. Um, is Aaron Rodgers right now to you guys, a quarterback in the top nine rounds you want to take as of today?
3: Yeah. Yeah, he is. I mean, he's going to play as we get closer to this thing. Aaron Rodgers is going to play for the Green Bay Packers. He had a, a great opportunity. If he wanted to stick it to him, he had the opportunity to opt out and still get paid. He elected not to do that, which leads me to believe he wants to play in 2021. But as we get through training camp, it gets more and more difficult to trade a quarterback like Rodgers with that contract because a lot of teams are going to be capped out at this point. So to me, if you're going to play, it's going to have to be most likely for Green Bay. So, yeah, I'm I'm all about Aaron Rodgers. I have him at QB 10. You are going to see some regression from last year. He's not going to throw 48 touchdowns again. Um, and I do think him missing time, I do think him maybe not being as motivated as he usually would to play for Green Bay is going to have a factor. But I still have him as QB 10, and I'm I'm still fine with Aaron Rodgers.
1: All right, all right. Jibs, what about you? Are you still feeling the Rodgers train here or the concern on your ends?
2: I don't care where he's playing. If he's playing for Green Bay, he's playing for San Francisco, he's playing for Denver. I know that man's going to ball, so he's worth that goddamn. I guess, like before round nine pick in my opinion. Like he was uh, he was a cheap discounted quarterback last year and he got an MVP and he was basically pretty much like a fantasy MVP in my estimation. So I think the guy still has some talent around him and I think he'll so I think he'll still have talent around him. I still think that he still has the um the capability to be a very good quarterback no matter where he is.
1: Yeah. Um, I'm on the same page as you guys. I mean I'm willing to draft him the first nine rounds. Absolutely. I mean I think he comes back to Green Bay this year. I, I don't think he goes somewhere else, which I'd obviously be, it would be great. Um, but I, I think he goes back to Green Bay and he just has another great season. Maybe not as you know efficient and career highs in terms of touchdowns this coming season. I think that was his career high, if I'm not mistaken on my paper here. Yeah, it was most touchdowns in his career. That's, that's crazy by far. Uh, yeah, and he's going to play the same division he played last year. Who were all terrible still. They're not great. <laughs> they got a little bit better, but they're still bad. You know, he, he threw zero picks against his division last year. Teams are supposed to study him year in and year out, but wow. yet can't force him to throw a pick. Like That's how good Aaron Rodgers can be against his own division. Um, so uh, if he's in the first nine rounds and he's sitting there, I'm taking him it's my QB1. Round six later, seven later, absolutely. Uh, let's see. One more player from this division here I want to mention here. And I want to talk about Matthew Stafford because I oh, think we've talked about God. Ryan Tannehill more than enough here. And Matthew Stafford obviously goes from the Lions to the Rams with Sean McVay and a really good offense here now. And obviously Darrell Henderson as his running back here. So um, are you guys buying into his hype right now that he is going to be a great quarterback this year because of this offense and because he's in this Sean McVay offense and Jared Goff was able to do something decent. Matthew Stafford should be doing do something great. Dan.
3: I mean, I have him as QB 13 to quantify that. I It's literally like a half a point difference between him and the QB 12. So I have him borderline QB one in, in, in that instance. Um, I think from an NFL standpoint, you're going to see a drastic improvement in the Rams offense in general, having Matthew Stafford. From a fantasy standpoint, you're still talking about a guy he would have to throw. 4,800 yards or more with 35 touchdowns or more to really be significantly more improved as far as fantasy goes. I have him for about 4,700 yards and 31 touchdowns over a 17-game season, which I think is pretty fair for him going into his first year in Sean McVay's system. So, I think from an NFL standpoint, it's going to have more of an impact necessarily fantasy. But he's definitely going to be on my radar. He's definitely going to be a top a top streamer. He's going to have probably at least 50% of his games, if not more, being in the top 12. So he's going to definitely going to be fantasy relevant in that
2: sense chips my friend what about you are you on the Stafford vibe right now uh, i've been on the vibe i'm on the moon with stafford baby <laughs> I, I think it's like i think it's gonna be great for him like just to make like i don't want to like beat like the a dead horse but i just think matthew stafford improves that um rams offense we've seen last year Derek Goff just looking competent at times just turning the ball over i think some of those um drives in the interrovers could be more uh, scoring off Scoring for him So like I think He has a more A better chance To get more touchdowns There obviously We've seen that he could Throw 4,000 5,000 yards I think We've seen Jerry Goff Throw 4,000 yards Two times With the um, The Rams So like, I think it's A ballpark Shot that he could get Be a very good quarterback I have him at QB 10 But um, like Dan said Like it's all about The touchdowns And that's what's gonna Make or break his season Because he does he's not gonna run So he has to make The points up there
3: I will say this real quickly though, Robert Woods, I actually have him statted out to be my wide receiver 10 because of Matthew Stafford's arrival. So that that's where I think a big impact comes in.
1: Yeah, no, definitely Matthew Stafford brings that that more downfield presence that Jared Goff just, just didn't present last year or was not trustworthy presenting last year and Matthew Stafford has it now, I think. And again, I, I was kind of like yeah, I have him as QB I think 12 right now in my rankings too right now and you know He's gonna be great, but I think even I think even more now, I think you're gonna get possibly even more touchdowns because of Cam Makers going down. Henderson is great. Um, but again, there's no one else back there besides Henderson. You know, they, they were a team that liked to run the ball in the red zone a lot more. Uh, I think that changes a little bit with Stafford and now without Cam Makers on the field here. And I think Stafford has a chance to really get to that 40 mark possibly this season, because why run the ball with Henderson when you have Matthew Stafford? You you went and got traded for him at this point. There's no Cam Makers now. Throw the ball. You have Cooper Cup. You have Rob Woods. You have uh, Van Jefferson. You have, well, not Deshaun Watt. You have Deshaun Jackson for like two games. And then, um, you know, you have Tyler Higby. I mean, you have an all-star there that he probably hasn't had in a, a quite a long time, to be honest here. So I like him, and I think he might be moving up my boards a little bit in the, in the near future here. Um, he should be a solid quarterback, just solid. He may not be that top seven guy that he could have been at some point in his career, but right, he's a solid guy like that right at that QB1 range right now. All right. So let's go over to the next tier, the top tier quarter, the top tier of QB2s here now. And and this list here kind of combines a bunch of different people here. And the people I put in this list here were Joe Burrow, Trevor Lawrence, Matt Ryan, Baker Mayfield. And again, this is our ADP. This isn't per se my rankings, but this is just the way ADP falls here because we're splitting up to Sean Watson in the next pick here. So these next four here, um, again, they're all somewhat of a consistent floor play as i think you could say about all three of these four of these guys maybe joe burrow is a difference here but uh let's talk about joe burrow to start off this list here you know obviously last year first former overall pick um the o-line is is still not there but he's got the weapons that almost maybe no one else has here um jibs uh i'll start with you on this one are you in on Joe Burrow this season here, or you know does the O line and his you know injury scare you off from him this season?
2: Um, I just don't want to get a quarterback in this range, but like I don't think Joe Burrow. I think Joe Burrow is probably the best I would I could do out of the group. Like I like I love the offense. He still has a superstar running back to kind of deal with. Like you can see with like. Falcons like Matt Ryan like I have some a little bit of concerns wrong I know Ridley's gonna be like the truth for wide receivers but I just don't think he's gonna be like a guy who's gonna get like 400 yards a game I think with Burrow with the defense and the offensive line was I think there's gonna be more shots for him to have an opportunity we saw the sheer amount of pass attempts that they let the guy have his first year and I don't think um even with the Jamar Chase edition. This is more firepower to the offense. And I think they're going to still let the reins go on the kids. So I think he's definitely has the most, uh, the highest ceiling out of the group. I think. I mean, he definitely, I think we can all agree on that. <laughs> but, uh, Dan, what about you? Are you,
1: are you okay getting a guy like Joe Burrow as your QB one this season?
3: I mean, he's my QB 15. I don't think you have to draft him either. So he's going to be one of my top end streamers for sure. There. I actually do have a gap, a large gap, between him and then QB 16. So that's kind of like my cutoff point as far as like streaming quarterbacks you want to have throughout the year. The weapons are there. I still got to see him be 100% healthy. It blows my mind. This guy, remember, it was week 11 when he went down. Like it wasn't beginning of the season. It was more than the halfway point when he blew every ligament you could possibly blow in that knee. So it just kind of blows my mind. He's really gonna be active for week one, but the weapons are there. He's gonna have to throw the ball a ton because Cincinnati's defense is absolutely horrendous. I'm more interested in Joe Burrow in 2022, you know, when Zach Taylor gets fired and Joe Brady becomes the head coach. So (laughs) that's more what I'm interested in, but I I do think he's going to be a valid streamer throughout the season.
1: Yeah. I'm kind of on the same page with you. I I wouldn't want him as my QB one. There's just, you know, the O line, the risk factor in that, like you said, the injury, there's a lot of, there's a lot of risk involved with Joe Burrow. Again, he has that ceiling. Jibs mentioned that that's great here. He's got the weapons around him, but again, he struggled under pressure last year i mean there's nothing going to change in that o-line they didn't really bring anyone that would really make me say oh we yeah, had o-line got that much better it's going to be still thank a bad you for o-line. saying that by the way you're welcome you're welcome um there's nothing there i mean in terms of that situation there i, I don't think you can draft him as your qb1 i mean if you can draft him as your qb2 great Let's see if he can actually pan out for the season but It's just too much risk this there. I mean, him him being that high, again, there's players I'd rather take over him that we're talk about in the second half here that I I would be more comfortable with in terms of their situation than Joe Burrow right now because of what's going on with that line and his injury right now. So um, let's see. Who else is in this tier? We're going to talk about – who do we got here? Uh, Trevor Lawrence. Any faith in Trevor Lawrence to have a Justin Herbert-like season and be a top-10 quarterback?
3: Uh, yeah, because I actually have him ranked at QB nine, just where Justin Herbert finished actually last year to begin with. Uh, look, I don't know what we're going to add at Urban Meyer. I'm with everybody else. Of I, I, This guy might just be a total head case. I, don't, I have no idea. <laughs> but here's what I do know. Jacksonville's defense is horrible. Trevor Lawrence can throw the ball down the field and he has the weapons to get the ball down the field too. I like the combination of DJ Chark, Marvin Jones, LaVisca Chanel, having Travis Etienne come out of the backfield. Who he has familiarity with to begin with. Uh, so I do think this is a team that throws the ball at least 600 plus times in a 17 game season. All that adds up to Trevor Lawrence being a top 10 QB due to volume and I think you're going to see him use his legs, which we know he can use, but didn't use it a lot in Clemson. You're going to see him use it a little bit more in the pros because it's going to be there. It's going to play against a lot of those prevent defenses. He's going to be able to use it and try to move the chains a little bit more. Let things kind of slow down by using his legs to get out and make plays. So, yeah, I have him as a QB. 9 I'm very high on Trevor Lawrence as my sleeper quarterback to take late this season.
1: Yeah, you know, actually convinced me a little bit on Trevor Lawrence right now. I like it. I like it. Jibs, you believe in the kid.
2: I'm starting to believe after Dan. Are you QB1? Let me ask you that.
1: No,
2: no, 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 no. no. That's cap. That's cap. That's cap for you. Okay. (laughs) But dude, like Dan made some great points. Like I I, I always thought the volume aspect of this Jacksonville just being a poorest team defensively and then like pretty much offensively. I know they made some improvements and obviously they're trying to make this kid like their savior. So I think there's going to be like some row bumps, but like i don't think he's gonna like i think justin herbert got the 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 record i don't think he's gonna break it but like he has every shot too like they're gonna throw this kid into the deep end as soon as they get him started for a game and he's just gonna take it there from there but uh i don't know where i have him ranked i don't think it's near the top 12 but he could he definitely could crack it in my opinion i'm actually gonna look
1: yeah, I think I might need to move up Trevor Lawrence a little bit there after what Dan had to say there. I really did like that. But again, um I wouldn't draft him before round ten still. I don't think I pick him as my QB one either. But again, he has that potential, that ceiling. Uh, I'd love to pair him up with a guy like maybe Stafford or Matt Ryan and, and have that veteran presence there and see if, if you know the kid can do it and get to that next level there because he doesn't have the same situation as Burrow. You know, we kinda of said the same thing. Well, they have the weapons, they have the weapons. Well, you know, Trevor Lawrence's line is definitely a little bit better, that's for sure there and he's not coming off a major injury either. So He had some early season surgery, but, again, it's not something major that's going to stop him from having this success. He's a full go for training camp, uh, per reports. So he should be someone definitely on your radar that you want to take a shot on because, again, if not, you know, whatever. You, you, you dump him back on the waivers, you know. There's plenty of quarterbacks out there. But he's definitely someone that I think can, like Dan said, flirt with that QB1 potential, I think, overall. So I definitely don't hate Trevor Lawrence, so <laughs> – I'm um, going over to the next group here real quick on Deshaun Watson guys are you drafting him at all we don't really know what's going on with his situation so it is so much in limbo's right now we kind of started talking about this before the podcast but is there any chance you want to just draft him on your team as your QB two? because I don't think anyone would take him as their QB one obviously because we have no idea what's happening but what point what's the highest you would point you would take him in, in any redraft right now
2: um if for me if i grab someone like the, the last group we mentioned and i have like a secure team and like say if i have like joe burrow as my first quarterback and i got a pretty solid team and roster like i don't see like i don't mind picking them where is he going right here 129 maybe like a round later 11. but i can pick 111 i guess i have right here. 11 yeah round 11. So I, I wouldn't mind doing that just to kind of see if I have the upside. Of the reports are good, but it all depends on everything the news is saying. And then if he doesn't get suspended or not, but have you guys even heard anything? Like if he were to get suspended, how long would it be? The, have, the,
3: the consensus seems to be if they put him on the, con, uh, the commissioner's exempt list right away, it seems to be eight games is what they're eyeing for. Love it. Love it. That <laughs> is uh, first uh, I love,
1: love it. it. Love it, love it, love I it. I mean, personally,
3: I have Tyrod Taylor statted out for 17 games. I don't have Deshaun Watson playing a lick this season. Uh, even though I think it would be in his best interest to do so if he has the ability to do so. But there's so much up in the air that I don't think you can count on Watson playing this year. And right now, where where he's going in drafts like stuff like that, he's QB 17. Uh, in ADP. You don't have to draft him if you're in a normal 12 man, you know, half point PPR league to begin with. So I don't think you have to make that decision, at least not right now. Anyway, we, we should, the way this is setting up from what I understand, we should have some kind of knowledge come the third week of August, at least one way or another, as far as his eligibility to be able to play this season. Now, whether he decides that he still just wants to stick at the Houston and not play at all, or decides it's best for his career to actually get back on the field when he's ability to do so that still might be up in the air. But as far as what his suspension is going to be, his ability, we should have some idea from the NFL come the third week of August that from what I understand as of right now.
1: Oh, right. Yeah. I mean, guys, I mean, like I said, I've been taking him everywhere in Dynasty right now at a value because he's going as a value in Dynasty right now, which I'm all about because he's going to play again. Like me and Dan mentioned like before the show, he's going to play again this year. Not this year. Maybe. Maybe not. But he's going to play in the NFL again. There's no way he's not going to play in the NFL. I, I just don't see that happening, especially with everything has been going on with like, all the players nowadays, especially as a young star in this league. I just don't see him just disappearing from the league. It's just, it seems unlikely, unfortunately. Um
3: well, it I don't think like he's going to settle in his court case. And if he settles in his court case, he's not going to see jail time. If he doesn't see jail time, he's going to play in the NFL again. Right. It's, exactly. it's, it's literally as simple as that.
1: Right. And he's probably going to do that. He's, he's smart to know that his lawyer to know they get that, they get that situation. So he can't play in the NFL one day again. Um, but again, I, I probably wouldn't touch him in redraft. I just, I just let someone else deal with that. Let someone else have that. Ooh, Sean Watson's going to play it again this year. Like, okay, you can have it, whatever. I'll, i'll go with my direction jibs you can have him for sure and dynasty though if you if you're still doing your if you're doing startups right now and he's going around seven or eight right now in a super flex startup give me him all day because i'll sit i'll i'll wait the year because you know what he's gonna he's a top three quarterback in this league when he's on the field simple as that that's how We're i feel about to, sean watson going zero qb this
2: year boys better watch out. <laughs>
1: It's your QB approach. I love it. All right. So let's go to the QB2 range now here. The low end QB2, the bottom half of the QB2s here. And this range, basically, you know, you have Kirk Cousins, you have Justin Fields, you have Carson Wentz, Big Ben, Tua, Trey Lance, and Ryan Fitzpatrick kind of rounding us out here. Um, And let's go to Tua here because Tua obviously is a big controversy player right now, especially is that. You know, he's a top five former pick, you know, but he's super low right now. And he played mediocre last year at best here. But, Dan, uh, do you have any faith in Tua to kind of rebound uh, this coming season with the additions that they have?
3: Yeah. I mean, I haven't started out at QB14, QB18, excuse me. Um, but I do think he's somebody you're gonna be able to stream throughout the year. I like that the sentiment from the Dolphins all offseason has been we want to get more aggressive with him. I like the fact you bring in Wolf Fuller, I like the fact that you draft Jalen Waddle, I like that Devontae Parker is still there. I also kind of like the fact for his sake that they didn't bring in anybody to pair up necessarily with the Miles Gaskin, which leads me to believe you're still gonna be a pass first team. Two is accurate, two can read defenses, two is a polished quarterback. People are not giving him the benefit of the doubt. I don't know why. The guy had a crazy accident. I mean, that hip injury would have knocked out most people's careers. The fact that he's able to come back, he was able to come back and play his rookie year. I think is a miracle in and of itself. And then when he came back, they asked him not to lose the game because you had a good defense. you were in a good position. They didn't ask him to win it. His last stretch, he, he, pl- he started three games. He went out for a game, came back on that last end stretch. From weeks 14 to 17, he was QB 14 with Lynn Bowden as his number one wide receiver. So, yeah, I believe in Tua Tagalavoa with the weapons that he has in front of him to be able to be a better quarterback.
1: God, Dan, you might be my new best friend now. Sorry, <laughs> Jibs. See you later. <laughs> but, uh, no, I mean, uh, could not disagree with your points there. But, Jibs,
2: uh, I'll turn it over to you, my friend. How do you feel about Tua? i are not friends. I hate to. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, but like, like I always say, like I watched a lot of Dolphins games last year, and it was, ob- it was clearly evident that. They- like Dan said like they didn't want him to lose a game and there's like some games where he had the reins on him he had like low passing volume and all that and it's definitely a circumstance with like the injuries they dealt with Preston Williams going down Devontae Parker just being like just a one-man army out there for most weeks and then basically a bunch of other wide receivers getting hurt but they bolstered that uh receiving court and I I think he could take that next step like they have a lot of speed on that um offense now and I think that can kind of Ease up Tua's like kind of passing lane. So I, I think he'll just be more eager to the pass when there's more separation instead of like throwing in closed, uh, tight windows. But other than that, like, I, like I'm kind of hesitant on Gaskins and shit. I just don't know if I'm a believer. But to that point, like, I know Tua is definitely going to be a more cognitive piece in of that offense because they need to know what they got out of him. Because maybe, hey, Deshaun Watson could go on the Dolphins. never know. Oh God, that'd be interesting. I, I love Tua
1: though, but uh, yeah, I mean, I think Dan said everything I was going to say. I mean, you know, for the most part I, I like him as a guy that you could get in your last pick of your draft and hold on to and see what happens. Um, and if you do not even have to, because honestly, the first two weeks are pretty tough. I mean, it would tell you real quickly how Tua's the season's going to go early on at least. I mean, it could change as the schedule gets a little easier, but again, you might not even have to draft him. I mean, people are going to drop him probably after week two and, the Dolphins lose the Bills, unfortunately, probably. And at that point, you could pick them up and throw them on your bench, and the schedule does get easier. So, um, the chance that this team gets going after week two, that's kind of how I see it right now with the Dolphins. But again, Tua has a ton of potential. Um, you know, there are so many knocks on him that he can't throw the deep ball downfield. He did decent in college with it, he did it. Um, and you just got to give him the right offense around him. And I think that's what the Dolphins are doing right now with Tua. And again, he wouldn't be a bad option to go late very late, very late again the zero qb option that jibs mentioned earlier so um let's see one other guy from this tier i want to mention real quick here who is um, trying to think which one i want to talk about big ben I'll talk about big ben uh because there's a lot of slack on big ben after last year he's he's lost that he's done uh, He came in and you see the training camp is coming in a little fit looks a little in shape finally after f- uh, 20 years of being the quarterback in this league um but, again, Big Ben, everyone's, like, all down on him because, obviously, the O-line. But, again, he's another guy who's got all these weapons. He's got a great running back in the backfield now that I think can stay healthy for 16 games here now. Um, are, are you guys down on Big Ben as, the you know, consensus is right now? Or do you think Big Ben has an opportunity still to thrive in fantasy?
2: I'm down with Big Ben. I think even like with his like accelerated age and all that like with the weapons around him i still think the steelers are gonna give him a good chance to throw the ball so even with harris coming back i still think they're gonna kind of have like a kind of similar situation to like last year but i think harris could definitely take more of the bulk of the carries and have to have a rotation of backs and i think that could utilize well with big ben and obviously, he'll have another year with Claypool. And I also believe they probably, even though they want to expand that short passing offense game, I think they could probably like utilize it more, especially another year with Big Ben coming back a little bit more healthier, not just off that fresh uh, um, recovery from his injury. All right, Dan. What about you, my friend?
3: Yeah, I mean, I kind of have some mixed feelings about Big Ben a lot. I don't write him off from an NFL standpoint the way a lot of people want to like there's there's this big narrative out there that he can't throw the ball down the field anymore. And I'm just like, yeah, if you watch week seven, I believe it was when they played the Baltimore Ray or no it was the, I'm sorry, it was the Bengals when he hurt his knee from then on, from that point on, it was all about getting the ball out of his hand as fast as you possibly can to make sure he didn't get hit. I mean, that's why he. I think it was it was insane, like 2.2 seconds from the time he snapped the ball to the ball is out of his hand. It was by far the lowest in the league. It was all about just not getting him hit. I think he can still throw the ball down the field if he's actually healthy and and willing to stay in the pocket a little bit longer. At the same time, for fantasy purposes, I have him at QB 26. It's for me, his impact is more about I think Deontay Juju. Chase Claypool are all still very much fantasy relevant wide receivers. I think there will be a little bit less volume. I think there is a big push to make sure they run the ball a little bit more this year, but I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. I think they need play action to get that passing game going a little bit more. So from a fantasy standpoint, to ask, to answer your question, no, I'm not on big Ben. I think there's a lot of quarterbacks who have a lot more upside than he does this season. But if you're also saying you're out on big Ben and therefore you're out on all the other weapons of the Steelers, I would say you're wrong from that standpoint.
1: All right. All right. Uh, Both very valid points, guys. I love it. Uh, I'm still a little higher on big, Ben. I think I have him at QB 19 right now. And and with me again, his efficiency was definitely down last year. Overall, everything he was doing, his deep ball was poor. I mean, again, like Dan said, their offense was to get it out quickly. And again, Matt Canada is the new OC now. He's gonna do similar things this coming season. I think he was the OC that no, they brought him. He's the new he's OC the now. Quarterback
3: coach. He was the quarterback. He's the quarterback quarterback coach.
1: Year. So he has a similar set to what they're gonna do this year. And I think it's gonna be again, get the ball out quick, get the ball out quick. And I just think the way this offense I think will be built this year is to get the ball out quick. Like we mentioned, like three or four times now, they have the weapons to do that with. Though get Devontae Johnson the ball in his hand. As long as he catch it, he's gonna do some with the ball. Juju, he's gonna do some with the ball. You have Chase Claypool the ball at the one yard line. He can go 99 yards if he has to. I mean, he has an ability to him. And, again, you bring in Pat Firemuth. I think that's going to help the old offensive line that, again, is kind of weak right now. We'll see what happens with it. Um, again, you have Pat Firemuth. You have Eric Ebon on the outside. They can do short things. You have uh, Najee Harris, who will play 16 games, 17 games this season. You didn't have James Conner for a whole 16 games. You had Benny Snell. Benny Snell's not really a catching pass back. Uh, he doesn't does, doesn't do that kind of – he doesn't have that kind of talent to really do anything there. So you didn't have that safety net last year. You have that with Najee Harris. You can do you saw him I think today on Twitter uh doing handstands on the field. I mean the kids athletic as can be and I think you give him the ball in sure yard she's gonna do something with it. So I still like Big Ben as a guy I could take with my last pick like Tua um and again different situations here and see what happens. I mean take a st- solid guy and take Big Ben and if Big Ben can have that great season great if he doesn't you throw him off because he's a 38, 39 year old quarterback at this point, but I think he has an opportunity still another year off his major shoulder injury to his throwing shoulder to do something still, even at his age currently right now.
3: Yeah. I remember that. that's why I'm big on Najee Harris too. Cause Matt Kanata was the offensive coordinator for Alabama a few years ago. So I, I, that's, that's a big thing there too.
1: Yes. I love that. That was a great, uh, great uh, information there. Did not know that. So great information there, Dan, as always. Uh, and let's finish it up with the QB, the bottom of the barrel here at this point, um, And this tier now includes Derek Carr. When I first did this, Derek Carr was in the last tier. Now he's in this tier now. Uh, Daniel Jones, uh, Cam Newton, Zach Wilson, uh, Taysom Hill, obviously, Jared Goff, Jameis Winston, Sam Donald, Jimmy Garoppolo, Mac Jones, the Denver quarterbacks. Is there anyone out of this tier here, uh, on this bottom people that you would want to take a shot on because they have that potential to maybe be a high-end QB2, maybe into that range there? scary like james winston if he gets a starting job i mean cam Noon if he plays 16 games i mean
3: well i was waiting to, to see i was waiting to see what jibbs was going to say i have i'm playing my flag on this and i plan on dying on this hill
2: i'm gonna go i can't go with daniel jones i'm i'm gonna go with sam Darnold. i don't know why i think he has some appeal with that offense i think uh metaphor and eh, not um, metaphor Joe, mr is it brady right I don't Joe know. Joe Brady, Joe Brady. Yeah. Joe Brady yeah. I think Joe Brady has a idea in mind. Like we saw what Teddy Bridgewater already could do there. Like it was modest numbers, so it's not going to like kill him. I think Sam just hasn't had like the chance in New York, so I think Sam could be as like, confident as Ted, Teddy Bridgewater was, and I think he may do better just being younger and more um, spry. So I'm going to go Sam Darnold out of these guys. Okay, Sammy D. Dan what we got you.
3: I'm going to die on this Hill and I plan on catching a lot of flack and I plan on arguing this all August. I got James Winston as my QB 12 starting with the Saints. Cool. I don't know why people forget that Winston's a good fantasy quarterback. I don't know why people think the Saints offense implodes <laughs> because Drew Brees is gone. He has Drew Brees hasn't been that good for the past two years, guys. And still Alvin Kamara, Michael Thomas were phenomenal. James Winston, the year he threw 30 interceptions that everybody loves to bring up. He still finishes QB three, QB three that season. So I don't care. He has the weapons. He has Sean Payton. He's been in this offense for a year. I don't need him to adjust. Jameis Winston's my QB 12. He's a low end QB for me. That's why I don't plan on drafting quarterbacks. I plan on on picking up Jameis Winston after the draft is over and shoving it up everybody's butt.
2: Well, Are you very uh, bullish that Jameis Winston is going to be the starting quarterback?
3: 100%. It doesn't take much of a brain surgeon to figure out that this offense is better with Jameis Winston at the quarterback position than Taysom Hill. Oof. Taysom Hill turning over, and you don't have any now.
2: worries about like them just sharing load, or just saying like Sean Payton. J- Jameis James Winston drives down the field, and then Sean Payton's like, "Yo,
3: oh, Taysom t- Hill, come on, brother, just go in the red zone." I mean, not anymore more than he did last season. He he still did that with Drew Brees last year, about five percent of the time. I don't think that's going to jump up to what ten. I mean, even if it <laughs> did that, you're still looking at thirty touchdowns for James Winston. So no, I, I'm not really concerned. He'll have his packages, but it won't be enough to take away from it. That's something that gets emphasized a little more than what actually happens in the reality on the field.
1: Okay. Okay. I like that, I like that a lot there. Um, I'll, I'll go with someone else. Obviously I don't want to keep the same people here, but um, to me, I, I like Cam Newton still scam Cam, scam. I love scam. still. I think again, last pick undrafted. I mean, you talk about rushing floors. Cam Newton ran 12 touchdowns last year. I mean, he ran for 500 yards almost. I mean, and an offense that was so bad. I mean, their number one player on offense outside of Cam was Jacoby Myers. I mean, <laughs> I mean, come on. I mean, maybe he could be still that still. But I mean, you have Damian Harris hopefully back for 16 games. You have the two tight end duo. That's gonna put a big impact. I mean, there no there was not a single tight end in sight last year on that Patriots team. I mean, you bring in, again, Nelson Aguilar is no superstar or anything like that, but he's a serviceable wide receiver. Kendrick Bourne's a serviceable wide receiver. You give him enough weapons in, in Bill Belichick's offense, Josh McDaniel's offense, whatever, to do something more this year. And, again, this is his first year outside of Carolina. Had COVID at some point. We all know that could be effective to some people in this, in, in this world right now. Again, the rushing floor. You talk about all these quarterbacks with the rushing floor, rushing floor. He's got a rushing floor. And as long as he can stay on the field, for, and I think he can, I mean, he's not a great quarterback. He doesn't have the best arm. Let's I be understand that. He's not a great thrower. But he can do something. He did something in Carolina. He was there for a reason for, like, seven years, and he went to the Super Bowl. He could run the ball still. And I think the Patriots just had to change what they had to do this season. Yes, Mac Jones is their future. But I think Cam Newton's one last season here. Their offense is still great to some extent. And the defense is good, though. The defense is good. Cam Newton's going to be the starter for 16 games at least. He's going to be the starter this year. I don't think Mac Jones plays. I think Mac Jones sits, and Dan's looking up in the sky right now. Cam Newton, I think if you get him on the late pick, I think he can put up good fantasy numbers. And again, this is late pick. This is around 16. This is around 17. This is undrafted and scoop him up after the draft. Cam Newton has an opportunity to be – he may not be a QB1. I I can expect that. But a a mid-range QB2 that you're getting for basically
2: pennies on the dollar right now that that's how I feel about Cam Newton he frustrates the living hell out of me it'd be like zero <laughs> fantasy points in the third quarter and then he ends up with 20 to finish the game it's yeah. a roller that's a roller coaster beyond roller coaster but you can't like um you can basically get him like you said like at the end and then if it doesn't work out he gets hurt yeah, flipping for the next Sam Donald flipping for James Winston if he's on the wire shit and if he the one go get Teddy Bridgewater he's probably gonna be starting for the Broncos if nothing changes so.
1: hope so Especially for Jared Judy's sake. Danny, you want to comment? So you aren't I mean, the eyes there.
3: <laughs> I have Cam at QB 16. So I'm not far off from you as far as him being a mid-level QB2. The problem is, is that I can't expect him to play 16 games because he hasn't been healthy enough to play 16 games in a long, long time. So that that's kind of what you, Yeah, I and mean, now you got 17 <laughs> games. So that's kind of the issue for me. And here's my concern with that. He gets hurt, Mac Jones comes in. Is it a guarantee they go back to camp? So that would be the kind that's of incredible. the thing with there. But I don't think you have to draft cam. And again, I think we're 15 games
2: last year. He did. He did. Games he did. And he was that was because of COVID. Did he, he,
3: he did played play 15, 15 last year. And that was a miracle. Uh, but th- that's where, that's where I just kind of get a little bit hesitant on. But again, I don't think you're going to have to draft cam Newton. So I think it's, it's not really a matter for your draft. It's going to be, you're going to pick him up. You're going to hope he falls into the end zone twice. I don't think that really changes as far as what his fantasy value actually is. And and yeah, as long as they keep using him as the goal line back, which I, if he's a starting quarterback, I think they will. Then he's going to be a mid-level QB, too, with some streaming opportunities.
1: Right. Exactly. And I, and I think you also have to, over, have to look at the defense as well. That missed so many key factors who opted out because of covid I, I think this defense is built nice. We remember two years ago, they were like the number one scoring defense or fantasy defense just two years ago. They bring a lot of key factors back and they're going to give Cam an opportunity, I think, to see more red zone opportunities. You know, they're going to see more of the ball on the opponent's side of the field. And that, that's also why I think appeals to me as well that they're going to see more opportunity on, on offense than they did last year.
2: Steve, would you call week 16 five completions, 34 <laughs> yards? <laughs> Four carries, twenty-four yards a, a game. That ain't a game. There's another, There's. A, I don't want to. He got count- benched
1: in the second half of that game. Uh, I think for uh, who the hell was that guy there? Jared Situm. Jared Situm. Yeah. Oh, God, again, bro. again, it, it it's, Again, it's I'm seven. not telling you to draft him outside of round sixteen, but I'm saying that he has an opportunity to be where Dan has him right now. QB sixteen, and it's very easy, and it's very, it's a very obvious thing that could happen. Again, maybe he doesn't, maybe he doesn't. Again, you're getting him at pennies on the dollar. But, again, there's an opportunity for him with his rushing floor and a better-look offense now for him to be more successful than he was last year.
2: That's for damn sure.
1: Yeah. All right, guys. So we're going to wrap this thing up today. Uh, We do appreciate you, Kyle. Thanks for saying It's a great show. do appreciate that, my friend. Um, We're going to wrap this thing up today, guys. Uh, That was our QB previews. Talked about a lot of different QBs here. I mean – I think we've talked about every single QB we'd be here for another 3 hours. So, uh it would be fun, but they are not doing that kind of episode today. Um Dan, you've been a great guest as always. My friend, it's always fun getting you on because you have such great insight on every single player I think possible. So, uh, we do thank you for joining in today.
3: Thank you. Thank you. It was a, it was wonderful to be able to come on. Absolutely. Yeah, right, we definitely. And then
1: uh just you know, let everyone know again where they can find you on social media and anything you might be working on over your guys and stuff.
3: Yeah, sure. Again, follow us on social media at Belly up show. You can pretty much subscribe to us anywhere. We're available everywhere. Uh, we'll have uh, our episode tomorrow from 11 a.m. to 1230 p.m. on The Raw Sports Radio Network team profiles. We're talking about the Giants, Ravens, Saints, Chargers uh, in that coming down to the wire on those. We'll have all 32 teams covered. Uh, the other thing that we're really pushing a lot to is our big uh, best ball charity ball tournament that we have going on for belly up. We are trying to raise money for Alex's Lemonade Stand Foundation. Uh, Again, the fight against childhood cancer. So it's it's for a great cause. You can sign up if you go to bellyupfantasysports.com. You'll see the belly up bowl tab. Just hit that sign up on the form. We'll get you going. We still have some spots available, but we expect it to be a really mega tournament this year. uh, And we're we're really trying to push that cause. So make make sure you guys sign up for that It's best ball. So once you draft, you don't have to worry about it. I know there's a lot of guys in a lot of leagues, but not a lot of maintenance when it comes to best ball. So that's one of the things that appeals to us about it absolutely yeah i'm
1: i'm in there so come draft against me guys i'm take <laughs> you guys money um, just kidding uh but yeah no definitely go check that out guys go sign up charity is always a fun it's always a great cause and again it's fantasy football so again it's and it's ball. so it's just you know you, you donate and you have fun with the draft and then you just see what happens at the end of the season you gotta worry about it so uh again dan we appreciate you for jumping on and uh guys as always Uh, go check out our website www.thefantasycoaches.com got like cool things going on up there right now i got a couple great articles going on out right now um you know we just did a uh wide receiver sleeper article you know we have a uh year two wide receiver uh projections and and analysis on that boy boy tyler and of course you know we do our own charity league here at the fantasy coaches as well uh the secret play you know where we have about two leagues almost full here now uh, Dan is in it, so we appreciate that. Dan, thank you so much. Jibs is going to be one of the guys in there infiltrating the secret play league uh, this year. So, um, again, it's a fun charity. We're doing it for Humane Society here. It's only five dollars to sign up for if you guys can. Um, it's, it's going to a really great cause, and it's just a lot of fun. It's a redraft league, it's, it's a lot of fun. We're gonna have two divisions. If we get more, maybe we'll do three or four. We'll see what happens, but uh, go sign up at our website at www.thefantasycoaches. And if you guys want to give us a follow on Twitter, that's over at Coaches Fantasy. If you want to hit up me or Jips personally, uh, you can see me at Coach Stephen P. Hot take, Concho. So give us a follow, guys. Reach out to us. All three of us here ask us fantasy questions. That's why we do this. We love fantasy, and and we'll see you until next time, guys. So have a good
0: one. The back is not far fed We got a couple of clock hands I've been feeling super duper How the heck they know the future Come with me, don't be a loser Grass is green like pooper scoopers Clueless analysts don't do the half of this In fact, I'm backing this by asking If y'all remember that tough act an and sh- Like boom, running like zoom The highest and mightiest has entered the room High off the knowledge, I'm feeling the fumes All players covered, it's nuts, it's legumes like Opponents are doomed and these are the facts I keep it 100 like I'm running track Listen up, to i am going my head back back to the blowing up blowing up blowing that go